<laughs> did you did you record? No, not yet. That's cool. Well, welcome to Targeted Podcast. I am Sahid. That is Nicholas. And for some reason, my the Instagram stuff isn't working. So I need to fix that out. <laughs> Nothing but technical later. problems. <laughs> technical problems. Well, admittedly, I forgot about it until like five minutes before. And I was like, oh, shit, I wanted to connect to Instagram. So I thought we had connections there, but I guess it's not working. So I think I probably did the setup wrong. But, you know, it is what it is. Let's start off. How are you doing, man? How's life treating you? Uh, let's see. I tried to go to bed early last night and sun woke me up at four something and never went back to sleep. So I'm tired. Whose fault is having kids? <laughs> You're not selling well, having kids at all. <laughs> I mean, nobody's going to sell it until the kids aren't babies anymore. To be honest with fair, you. Fair enough. Fair enough. The girls are great. Probably... Is it like a fast forward option if you have kids and you can just fast forward to like when they're 18? <laughs> but, uh, well, I wouldn't want to fast forward to their 18. My God. Mm. That means you're a senior citizen at that point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you got to meet up with uh, our boy Omar. So I did. Over the weekend. Um, I legit didn't feel like going. <laughs> um, hate to admit that. Well, I don't hate to admit that. It's like we let's voted be honest, on. Man. If it's not, if it's not in your little neighborhood, you're not going. Let's let's be it's... honest. It makes you're it tougher. Going. No, but they they we voted on what, what? What did we vote on? We voted on bowling. We voted to go bowling, and then Nicholas here changes everyone's mind to go to Top Golf. And then Cheese's mind again last second. It's like, oh, I feel like I can make top cough. I'm like, well, <laughs> I have influence. I can't help that. <laughs> oh, they're going to make a top golf. And then we all go into one fusion. I'm like, you know what? You guys have fun. <laughs> Man, you've been to fusion a thousand times. I think yeah, you've no. done it. It was, a, it was a good turnout, man. It was like about it 15 was. people, probably. And, you know, got to chat it up with Omar. He's still doing well, everyone. Yeah, that's he's good. still on the podcast. He's he's more than the logo, right? So <laughs> he's more than the logo. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> we need to remove him from the logo. Is what we need to do. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm gonna have to take him off the center position. I think. Yeah, yeah I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, we need a new podcast name: Two Black Guys. <laughs> <It's gonna happen. laughs> Two Black Guys. I mean, okay. it's not bad. <laughs> okay. I'm sure there's another podcast called Two Black Guys, but yeah, that's fine. Let's go ahead and get into it. So we got a couple of things that we're going to talk about the, this week. We're going to talk about, it's been the one year anniversary of the war in Ukraine. So yeah. we're going to mention that just a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's been a year, right? Um, and we're also going to be, we're obviously going to be talking about Black History Month. Uh, you got some topics you want to discuss? A couple things I'm going to discuss a little bit as well. So let's go ahead and get into it, right? Let's uh, waste no more time. War in Ukraine. Uh, it's been a fuck. Can you believe it's been a year? No. Um, we've been in this weird space with time ever since COVID started, right? Where yep. time is long yet short at the same time. Like you can't almost believe that it's been three years since like the lockdowns almost, right? Lockdowns 2020, right? So um, same thing with here, like war in Ukraine. 
Um, and one of our colleagues, he actually made a mention this in one of our chats, uh, saying that we can't, uh, he can't believe that we're sending like billions of dollars to Ukraine while people are still suffering here, right? As you know, inflation is moving up. The economy isn't great. It isn't terrible, but it isn't great, right? For a lot of people. Um, and I thought that was a pretty interesting statement uh, that he said, and it made me think a little bit. It says, yeah, you're right. But at the same time, even if we stop sending like aid to Ukraine, um, it's not like they're going to take that money and start helping American citizens either, right? Um, like that's already been discussed in military spending to kind of to kind of try to screw over Vladimir Putin. And let's say if we stop supporting Ukraine, uh, what happens? We only benefit Putin who tried to upend our elections a couple years ago, <laughs> right? So it's kind of one of those, the question was asked, like, should we, in, the, in our group chat, like, should we support, like, Ukraine, I mean, you had the same answer. It's like, yeah, begrudgingly, yes, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we know what the United States is trying to do. They're They're testing to see if they're ready for a modern war, right? Which they decided they're not, by the way. Uh, they realized that they're not because um, Russia is just shooting up a lot of like uh, uh, ammunition, a lot of like uh, just a lot of shots, non-smart weapons, and they need you need weapons to counter that, right? Um, right. And they don't have enough ammunition, enough firepower to kind of counter that, or they're running out of <clears throat> like uh, firepower really quickly. I think apparently I, I heard like. 20,000 shells are being fired a day, I think. Um, and yeah, they're struggling to kind of keep up with production now. So yeah, that's just my thoughts on that. Uh, it's been a year. I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time on this, but yeah, what are your thoughts on Ukraine? I'm just wondering when it's going to stop. I think I said before, like, I feel like this is going to be uh, Russia's, Russia's Vietnam, right? Because we were supposed to you know, back in the Vietnam War, we were supposed to go over there and just, like, wipe them dudes out. We had the technology. Oh, had, yeah. The manpower. We had everything. And we went over there and we're introduced to their style of guerrilla warfare, right? Yeah. Which is very hard to counter. It didn't matter what kind of weapons we had. We couldn't get the, a decisive victory. We, we ended up having to pull out. So yep. I'm wondering how long it's going to take Russia to realize the same thing, right? Um, yeah. I know that, and I think on their side, I think they they feel like they're essentially like reclaiming lands that were already theirs at one point anyway. Mm -hmm. But I mean, at some point, man, I mean, you know, you read the articles about morale and things of that nature of the Russian soldiers. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering when they're going to pull out. The other interesting thing I read about was um, uh, China was about China, right? Evidently, um, they've struck up. a better relationship or they've improved their relationship with Russia during this time. So, you know, I've seen articles here and there about whether or not, you know, they're basically pondering whether or not China is going to give Russia some aid um, in the war. Yeah. Well, they have been already. They have given them some aid because Russia has been cut off economically by the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, how much aid though? I don't know. Like, I don't think they're, they're obviously not helping them militarily. They, they have a very, they're a very frenemy type of relationship, right? Because they're not super cool with each other. 
but they both dislike United States. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I guess yeah. we're, we're cool. But yeah, I'm sorry I cut you off. Go ahead, continue though. No, that's all good. But but I'm just wondering, you know, because I think Biden already came out and said, like, if, if you know, China directly aids Russia, I mean, it's going to really going to be yeah. an issue. Um, so you know, I have some, you know, I have some fears about that. I mean, obviously, I'm just wondering. At some point, man, I mean, I'm just wondering, like, when when pride is gonna when you're gonna, you know, not yeah. You know, when it, when they're going to like finally realize, like, I'm not sure that this is worth it. Like, are you fighting for your own pride now? Or are you just, yeah. or do you, is there really, like, do you really have a strategy to win this war? Because I'm not really no, seeing that's, it. That's a great point. Like, at some point, when do they get tired of fighting is the question, right? Um, yeah. And all this for, like, a handful of guys' ego, for example. Yeah. Like, it's just the key. Putin wants to, wants the Soviet bloc to come back, right? I also read an article that they planned on taking over or, 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 or annexing uh, Belarus. Already, right? that's already a puppet state essentially to Russia, and they're thinking about just annexing it anyway. Um, and it's nuts. It's very scary because a lot of these world wars are started by, oh, that's our land. They're ethnically us. They belong to us, right? Oh yeah. So we bring them back to the fold, right? That's how Germany started World War II. That's how World War One essentially started with like the uh, an assassination of like Archduke uh, Ferdinand, I believe is his name. Um, yeah. And, um, I think it was like uh, some empire was trying to uh, kind of reclaim lands, and that's kind of what started again. So I this is scary, but I think we're we may be heading towards World War Three, right? Um, you see what's going on Ukraine. Yeah, you see China with Taiwan, right? A couple mm-hmm. months ago, uh, Nancy Pelosi flew to uh, Taiwan to show their support. This pissed the fuck off out of China, right? And they started using military drills. They sent a spy balloon, which was painfully obvious to everyone. That <laughs> so let's talk about that. I wanted to talk about that, too, right? Great segue. So yeah. um, first, you, you hear about the first balloon. Yeah. And it seemed to be like a bunch of shuffling, like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then come out and shoot it down. Then shortly after that, it's like we shoot down like a couple of other balloons. Yeah. So it's like, and then you see like, you see China's reaction, right? It's like, oh, how dare you? But what do you expect? If you're flying like that type of stuff <laughs> over someone else's land, like what do you, I mean, honestly, like what do you expect? I don't, yeah. I don't really understand how they could be and their feelings about us shooting down spy balloons. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, reaction, we're all spying on each other anyway. Yeah, that's true. You just got caught. They're just doing a bad job at it. <laughs> they got that's, caught. You know, they're all they're all doing it. I mean, uh, apparently there were three balloons, China Chinese balloons, um, during Trump's administration that no one ever said anything to. Um, also, in relation to the other things that were shot down, um, that there wasn't China. They think it's just kind of commercial aircraft or commercial balloons because more people are shooting shit up into space now, right? That's yeah. a normal thing, right? We see the bigger private firms like you know, Elon Musk's, uh, not Starlink, but uh, SpaceX. Um, he has stuff, uh, Blue Origin or Horizon, I think is uh, Amazon's thing, uh, uh, Jeff Bezos' thing. 
So more and more private people are just shooting shit up in the space. And I think we're just finally start looking at it now. And I think it became a little bit more hyper-focused on since the yeah. very obvious Chinese balloon floated um, above us. Think about like the the idiocy of like some of members of Congress like, why didn't you shoot down immediately? And I'm like, well, because they're people on the ground. <laughs> right? It's like, no, you should shut it down. You should shut it down. It's like what, what if this thing held like some sort of poison gas? Yeah. You, you don't like, know. What, you know, what if it falls on somebody, right? Like it's 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 so stupid. And it's just like this is what happens when like the tough guy act goes too far, right? It's like I need to be yeah. a tough guy. You know, watch me shoot this missile down and, and you just hurt <laughs> innocent bystanders for like just to show how tough you are, right? It's 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 silly. But you know, yeah, it's scary, right? Um it sounds like we could really be in the next five to ten years. We could really be headed in a world war, right? Uh, China wants Taiwan back. Taiwan, by the way, uh, one of the uh, world's is the world's largest producer of of uh, chips, right? Uh, microchips. Oh, computer chips. Yeah, computer chips. So, mm. yeah, that's a big reason why China or why United States doesn't want China interrupting with that because they get a lot of the computer chips. From Taiwan, that powers our computers, our cell phones, our military software. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, starts with that, right? I think Biden uh, announced recently that he was going to start chip manufacturing in, um, I think, Arizona, so we're less reliant on Taiwan. But that's the geopolitical part that of, of where we are, right? Where we're trying to... We're just trying to screw each other over, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing, too. I mean, as much as we talk about World War Three, it, it seems like like the new warfare is really just like this economic warfare, right? Like how it, how it can impact your, your country's economy, make your people suffer, yeah. and have the people basically do the work for me, right? Overthrowing the government. So, you know, I know there's always a threat of it out there because, I mean, I mean we have like... We all have these crazy, huge nuclear arsenals where, like, if, you, if they go off, I mean, it's over for everyone, right? So, absolutely, there's still a fear of it. I don't even want to see what modern warfare looks like as much as I like playing the game. <laughs> I don't want to see. I I would hate to see like what it actually looks like. The only thing I can yeah. think of is that it's it's more it's more focused, and I think it, I think it would, at this point it would probably require like much fewer troops. Than he used yeah. to in the past. Like I look at um, this this war right here, like with Ukraine, it seemed like um, Russia required like a lot of manpower. And again, like I'm no general, I'm no military strategist, never been in the military in my life, right? But it seemed like you know for for their for, from their side and just watching the war, it seemed like it required a lot of manpower um, from both sides. And it might be because they don't have the technological advancements in, in some other countries. But when you think about like the U.S. Um, having military operations around the world, you usually just hear about us using a lot of airstrikes. And it might be like a focus. It seems like it's like a focused attack, like in one or two places to, to try to, you know, for whatever purpose or whatever. And it just seems it seems different than this war here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what makes this war scary is that Putin is like, the Russian version of Donald Trump, almost. <laughs> Don't um, he kind of is. Look, 
Dude, all these dictators are all buddy buddy with Hillary. Have you realized that? Like, like Trump can't help but compliment Vladimir Putin because well, I mean he had to. He got he helped get him elected. I mean we all know he he um what? you know played around in the election. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. Well, there's and that, and that. it's like he wants what Vladimir Putin has, where he has such a iron grip on Russia. Like even even though he's like effing up the war now, he's not going to be removed unless somebody yeah. like forcibly removes him or he decides to, to remove something. That's what Trump wanted, right? Yeah. To say, oh yeah, I won the election or what does it matter? You know, I I win and and that's kind of how it is. So yeah, it's it's scary because Vladimir Putin, this is a, they're nuclear, they have nukes, right? And the fallout can that can hurt everybody. Yes. Right? So we're at this very delicate like cat and mouse game where the United States is very openly aiding um, Ukraine, um, but they don't want to directly get involved because that will piss off Russia enough where they could use their nukes and the United States will use their nukes and then we're all yeah. the nuclear winner there, um, which sucks. They did talk about, uh, so I watched a show called The Infographic Show. Um, I actually posted it in our description. Uh, uh, it's on like uh, Instagram. So they do a lot of, of following like the war um and they're sending a lot of tanks now so they're going to be um united states are sending their m1 abrams tanks which is apparently like top the best tank in the world um germany's uh sending their tanks the leopard 2 which is one of the best tanks in the world right uh england's sending their tanks so it's going to be a pretty interesting uh moving forward um as i was saying um people are running out of artillery uh, for yeah. sure. Artillery is running low. Um, it's because Russia's shooting off so many of them and they don't, they don't even care what they what they hit. <laughs> <laughs> They're hitting like residential buildings, energy infrastructure, all that shit, right? So yeah, man. Yeah, it makes you it makes you wonder how this is gonna stop or if it's gonna stop or um, what it takes to have to uh, to stop, right? Um, right now they're still high support of the war in Russia. Right, even though there's been a lot of defectors and a lot of people showing showing that they don't have support for the war, there's still a still a net positive in terms of support for the war in uh, the war in Ukraine or the special military op- uh, operations, what they're calling it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I literally just think of it as a bunch of like Vladimir Putin's Trump and the people are blindly just following little Trump supporters, like just believing whatever lie uh, is said, right? Um, like the guy, like Vladimir Putin literally said, like we're, we're going to war to denazify uh, Ukraine, which is sad because Zelensky, Prime Minister of Ukraine, uh, his parents were Holocaust survivors. So how does that work? But yeah, we can go on and on about that. <laughs> yeah, you definitely could, man. I just... We definitely could. I just, I just, you know, say a prayer for the people over there, man. Like, I really hope that this war comes to an end soon because it just, to me, from my perspective, I mean, it just, it just seems like a waste at this point. Like, you're, you're not winning and it just doesn't, I'm not really sure what you're fighting for anymore. Yeah. I don't think they know what they're fighting for either. Um, it's like, it's like now they're just fighting to make a point, right? It's like, yeah, well, you're not really making you, a point. You, you made this, uh, the state, uh, like, uh, 
United States when we're fighting the war in, in Vietnam, right? Uh, they're just there so they won't lose, right? Yeah. Um, there's a great, uh, there's a great movie. I think it's called uh, The Post, right? And it talks about the Pentagon Papers, right? So the Pentagon Papers, I'm not sure if you know about this. Um, yeah, so the Pentagon Papers were, uh, so the U.S. military did a research on like the possibility of what will it take to win or can we win in uh, Vietnam? And they did this research to figure out if that was possible and they came up with the conclusion that, yeah, we can't win. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Like, like we'll have to go through way out of our way to win. The war is not going well, right? We're not winning this thing. Um, we need to, like, get out, like, now. But each president kept committing to the war, right, uh, because they didn't want to be the one to pull out, to say, oh, we lost, to, uh, like, we lose, right? Yeah. And that's happened for decades. This is from JFK, Lyndon Johnson, right? Eisenhower, right? All those presidents... Who were in power um, were like, no, definitely watch the post. Great movie, by the way. Uh, saying, oh, we check should, that out. Yeah, we, uh, we need to, we're, we're going to win this war. They don't want to be the one that say we lost the war, right? And yeah. think about how many people have lost their lives just because of that, because of that vanity, just because of exactly. kind of being in vain, right? And that's kind of what's happening um, with. Ukraine or right now, how many Russian shoulders, soldiers have died, right? Over 100,000 apparently by some estimates, right? Just stupid amount. And we haven't even talked about uh, the refugees, Ukrainian civilians, everyone else who's passed away, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it's just crazy, crazy, just crazy numbers. And it just shows kind of a lot of these wars – are literally caused by like a handful of people in their egos, right? Oh, um, handful yeah. of people in their egos. That's that's the unfortunate thing. One other thing I want to say too, it also shows like from my American perspective, right? We went to a war in Iraq for like literally no reason. <laughs> for Trump's up charges saying that he had like weapons of mass destruction. So when you see this happening with Ukraine, it shows how impressionable some people can be right if america can do it then fuck it we can do it too and that's kind of what you're seeing right um so it's important that we have like a competent president and leader to not start some shit because you never know 20 30 years from now someone else will be like oh america did this 30 years ago we can do it too and more people have to die (laughs) um yeah that's my thoughts on that um cool let's let's hit some black history um two I do. Let me play one video. This is uh, the first black emperor. The the first. So the first Roman emperor that was not Italian, right? And the first uh, black emperor. So I want to, to play a quick video. Hopefully this works fine. Who actually ever came to Britain was the African emperor Septimius Severus. Hold on, hold on. Let's just stop there. Okay. Are you telling me there was an African emperor? There was an African emperor, and he was one of the greatest Roman emperors. So he was born in North Africa. Yeah. In AD 145, and he died here. Here? Here, right beneath your feet. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. In York? In York. This is where he would have lived. His bedroom would have been within 10 yards of where we're sitting, below us. 
actually, I can show you what the family looked like. Really? Because we have a portrait here called the Severin Tonda. This is like a photograph. Oh my goodness. Of the Severin family. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. There they are. Wow. It's amazing to actually see his portrait. It's a black man, isn't it? I always remember the Romans being quite violent when I was at school. Was Severus nasty? He was a warrior. He came here to Britain in AD 208, got a message from the governor, and the governor said that we here in Britain are being attacked from the north and we're in danger of being overrun. The first thing he does is have them build the walls of Roman London. Wow. So the city of London, to this day, the square mile is defined by the African Emperor Septimius Severus. If you walk into the reception area of the British Museum, the first bust you see is a bust of Septimius Severus, alabaster white, but actually when it was in real life in the Roman world, it would have been painted as he was, a man from North Africa, a black man. So no one would know that that was not a white man? Absolutely right. This is a man who's there all the time. He's right in front of us all the time in the British Museum, but nobody knows, unless you dig into the story, that he was a, a, a warrior emperor from North Africa who stayed true to his own heritage. This is just incredible. I can't believe this. I give you... <gasps> wow! It looks so real, doesn't it? That looks so real. If you look at his eyes, it's like looking into the eyes of a real person. This African emperor has just completely blown my mind. It's completely changed. I had known this as a child. The Roman Empire is a truly cosmopolitan mixing pot of people from all over the Roman Empire. He's... That's crazy, huh? Dude, <laughs> you, I think you have the black history fact of like the year i, was, I had no <laughs> idea about any of this bro yo big yeah. i mean that's i've been making shorts on the channel well i'm, I'm just going to yeah we're just going to make a short about that man that's <laughs> i'm amazed i just I, I just googled his name like right now i gotta like read up on this dude yeah absolutely no it's it's crazy how we haven't learned about this in school and mind you i've taken roman um in college, it took a, a like a Roman history class as well. Never, yeah. This guy never came up, not once. Look, I'll tell you, right? I studied, I studied, um, I studied Latin for like like four years, mm -hmm. right? And in the class, they they, I mean, obviously, like you learn, it's a dead language, but you still learn like the basis of yeah. the language. But then you learn like a lot of the history. No mention of this dude at all. No. At all. Right? And I feel like in this, I feel like this is a great segue for me to say this, but like this is the reason why those AP African-American history classes are so important because yeah. you could They're have things like this up. in here where it's like, <laughs> hey, you know, we actually want to talk about the history of the people here, but hey, you know, this, this could be something that you, you bring out because otherwise you're never going to get it. Yeah. What's interesting too um, is, and this, they mentioned in the video as well, um, that area, right? So Roman, Rome, Greece, Spain, the area that's kind of known for the Renaissance, right? A lot of people have looked at the Renaissance and they see a lot of whiteness uh, involved, yeah. right? And that's just based off the looks and the statues, right? But what they don't realize is that the color has just come off over the years and that those statues were people of color, like 
there are lots of different colors, not just white, but different shades. And that makes perfect sense, provided the, the region is in, right? Um, it's just a quick boat ride from Morocco to Italy or to Spain, right? Yep. Um, and it's crazy how people just don't realize it. It's, it's amazing how that's been blocked out of our history. So every time someone, when we talk about race and slavery and how it's like, well, why do you guys be offended when we talk about slavery? Other cultures had slavery. But yeah, in America, we made it about race. There was a point, I forgot the guy's name too. Uh, there was a Portuguese um, traveler who made um, who made slavery into a race thing, a specific race thing, right? Um, and that's how they separated European indenture service uh, uh, servers from slaves, right? They made it about race, right? Yeah. Um, and the whole Confederacy, the whole reason for the Confederacy, when Abraham Lincoln got elected, was like, oh, we're seceding because the black man needs to be lower than the white man. They literally said it in their papers, right? Um, okay. Made it about race. Um, and you see that. Um, I'm, I'm big. I'm, I don't like listening to conspiracy theories at all. Um, <laughs> but I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm anti-conspiracy theory a theorist. But when you hear things like, so one big conspiracy theory is that Africans discovered America before Columbus, right? That's a huge conspiracy theory that's that's kind of being popularized right now. Um, mind you, Columbus didn't discover America. He discovered, he accidentally discovered, you know, <laughs> the West Indies. Uh, he landed on, in somebody else's, on somebody else's land. That's what Yeah, you, you don't discover that's something that's where people are already there. But we can, we'll talk about that on Indigenous Peoples Day. But... Like, when I hear, when you see what's happening now, right, people are, are actively trying to erase black history. Oh, we talk about uh, Satyrus here, uh, the first black emperor. Never heard of him, right? Uh, it kind of starts making you wonder about some of these conspiracies now, right? It Where, does. Um, yeah, people, there is a concerted effort to erase black history. Right and the impact it's had on the world, and we're seeing this today. We saw this back then, right? We're seeing this all around, and it's just really, really unfortunate. Um, but yeah, That's- yeah, man. No, I, I mean, I literally, I gotta, I gotta look this guy up. But you know what? <laughs> it also reminds me of is yeah. um, you remember? Uh, you might not think about it much, but I still think about it all the time. It was this. It was Halloween, and we were sitting at lunch with a bunch of other people, and we were talking about, yeah, you know, we were talking about our plans or whatever, you know. And you say, yeah, I think I'm going to be a pharaoh this year. And our one of our coworkers said, oh, oh you might want to find some makeup. And yeah, that, I like, remember this. That still pisses me off to this day. Right? I remember this because he was trying to imply that only pharaoh, pharaohs were only light skinned. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so again, what what we teach in school is so important because there's there's this there's this thing that happens where you know and and I was reading an article about it like you know some kids went to um, the King Tut exhibit and it was like Egypt was made to seem like it was not a part of Africa. Yeah. Right. And and if you you know you ask you know and people don't readily. Um, you know, equate the two, 
they are related to, right? That yes, yes, Egypt is in fact in Africa, right? Yeah. So, you know, yes, ladies and gentlemen, there were dark-skinned pharaohs. There were a lot of dark. I mean, I mean, Egyptians were all colors. There were definitely some dark-skinned people out there. I mean, and, and yeah. one of the one of the one of the um, websites I was reading was, was basically saying that, you know. Because they did a study on it, and they were basically saying it wasn't until about like 200 years ago where there started to be some question about the skin color of the pharaohs and some people in Egypt. Yeah. Like if you if you go back to the actual writings of some of the, some of the Greeks or some of the people who visited there, they're like, yeah, they were dark skinned and had woolly hair. That's yeah. I mean, that's African people to a T, right? Yeah. So. It's crazy, man. And you really yeah. just have to, but and the sad part is that, you know, instead of being able to like see your child to school and have them learn these things and just learn about just like a general history, where instead it's it's more focused on, you know, European perspectives or, yeah. you know, you don't really get too far. The African piece is kind of skipped over. And, and most other cultures are skipped over too. I mean, I, didn't, I definitely didn't learn too much about um, Asian history outside of uh, Genghis Khan. You know what I mean? So Definitely hear you on that one, yeah. You know, we just got to do better, man. I'm hoping yeah, we do. to find a way to get oh, these okay. classes in here. And I still and I still think reading the 1619 pro- uh, Project should be something that everyone does. I thought it was a great read. Great read. Well, great read. I actually have not read this yet, and I need to read it. I'm behind in my books, but um, I'm always behind in reading. But this is something that I really want to get into. Um, it's it's a it's an eye opener, man. I read it when before they made it a book. It was like a, you know, they published all the articles and everything online, yeah. all the essays and everything. I read it all, man. It was a great read. Yeah, um, perception matters to the point that you were making earlier, right? It's important that for starters, people we see ourselves, right? When you speak to a black youth and ask them what they want to be when they grow up, um, they will possibly say athlete, right? Because that's what they see, right? You don't see as much in doctors or presidents or senators or any of the other stuff, right? Right. Um, so perception matters. Um, and I think people know that instinctively and they hide black history, right? Again, like a black Roman emperor, like, what mind blown mine when i first saw that i'm like shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) what right um but again perception matters right perception matters and i think they know this and i think there's a there is um a movement out there to ensure that black people are seen less of right um even among some of liberal America too, as well, right? Uh, they will sit there and they'll virtue signal, uh, but when it matters most, right? Remember New York uh, uh, Central Park Karen, right? When Black I asked her, "Hey, put a leash on your dog," she remembered, "I'm white, you're black." <laughs> oh yeah. Watch yourself, <laughs> right? Um, and I told you, I'm, I won't go through it again, but I think I told you my little spat with that in last week's episode as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, there's some other things I wanted to, to play, but I know you had something you want to say about the Black History Month as well. Like, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and and just for anybody you know, like questioning where I'm getting my sources out of these studies, whatever, it comes from an article on NPR.com. 
right? And there's a there's several several different universities in there. Temple University was part of the study, and um, let's see what the other one was. Uh, guy from Penn State. So, man, um, I wish you told me this. I would have put it in our description. Like, also, I always go back and edit stuff. Man. I, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, but um, no. So one thing I wanted to get into a little bit was, um, so as you know, you know, got together with some of some of our colleagues or whatever, and mm-hmm. um, one of our friends, um, you know, I don't know, if I'm not really, I don't like giving people's names, Don't but know. basically, um, she's she's not from here originally, right? And so she was asking me how I felt about Black History Month, right? Like, what do you what do you think about it, and it was a at first it was kind of a tough question to answer because I, I don't think I've been asked it like quite like that because I kind of just you know having Black History Month and living with it for so long it's kind of just been it's always been a thing it's always been a part of my life right yep but then the question come becomes like is it necessary right and you know I had to pause for a minute but it was like you know what as much as I I, I don't think it should be necessary. But it is because it forces everyone here in the country where racism is pretty much like in the DNA of the culture. It forces them to take a look at somebody else's culture, right? And we've gotten to the point where not only is there a Black History Month, you know, now there's, you know, the Asian History Month, there's the Hispanic, you know, Latino History Month, there's a month for everybody pretty much. And honestly, I'm at the point where I kind of think that there should be, right? Because... Without it, when are we going to think about those other cultures? Exactly. You know what I mean? So I, I've come to have an appreciation um, for Black History Month, and there's there's a uh, every time every every February I see this I see this uh, this little YouTube short come up or, or uh, Instagram reel come up where it's like a white woman walking down the street. <laughs> Or jogging down the street, and she bumps into a black it. guy. <laughs> He's like, I don't know, like history month. <laughs> oh, no, she she's walking down the street. And she's like, oh my god, I'm sweating. And the guy and the guy goes, move, bitch, it's Black History Month. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, it makes you you it makes people of other cultures kind of like. You know, if it's if it's put in your face enough, then maybe you come to have a little bit more of an appreciation for some for somebody else's background. You know what I mean? So, and I respect you know all backgrounds. If it's the Asian History Month, I mean, yeah, we. I'm happy to see something come up that maybe I didn't know about. You know, for for that group of people, or for for any group of people. So I, you know, like I said, I, I wish it didn't have to be, but I do. I am appreciative of it. I think. There's so many thoughts I wanted to add to that, but I think this goes into our next... This actually segues perfectly, so I'm actually going to go ahead and just play the video. I think you set it up pretty well. All right. ...says he's not a black actor. He identifies as black, but says that creating a category of actors called black actors, he's actually fueling racism in Hollywood. The star said, I stopped describing myself as a black actor when I realized it put me in a box. Elba explained, as humans, we're obsessed with race, and that obsession can really hinder people's aspirations, hinder people's growth. Racism should be a topic for discussion, sure. Racism is very real. But from my perspective, it's only as powerful as you allow it to be. Does he have a valid point saying that? I mean, I get what he's saying. Yeah. 
Get it? Do you call yourself like a black actor? I'm an actor too, who happens to be black. So, you know, I'm an actor first. Some people like John Boyega took offense, saying that he would be denying his African-American heritage, while others are showing support and pointing to this interview from Morgan Freeman to understand Elba's point of view. How are we gonna get rid of racism and stop talking about it? I'm gonna stop calling you a white man. And I'm gonna ask you to stop calling me a black man. I know you as Mike Wallace. You know me as Morgan Freeman. You understand what I, I know this white guy named Mike Wallace. You know what I'm saying? Look, whatever you make of this, I think we all need to talk about blue actors. Ever since Avatar. Okay, yeah. <laughs> blue actors. Yeah, so the guy, the guy's a little bit of a douche, but. Uh, <laughs> no, I think he's brilliant. Um, I, I saw that headline not too long ago. I, yeah. I agree with him, like 100%. So, yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about that. And this is alludes to a little bit what you're saying, too, um, with this as well. Also, Morgan Freeman's interview goes a little bit further. Uh, it doesn't show it here, but he talks about how we shouldn't need Black History Month um, because Black history should be, should be celebrated more than just a month out of the year, right? Perfect sense, right? Um, this kind of gives people the opportunity to virtue signal for a little bit and then go about their lives and not worry about it. For example... When George Floyd happened, virtue signaling, we're not going to say the word master anymore, and here's Juneteenth, and then we're going to give the police all the money in the world, and they're just going to keep doing what they're doing, and now more people have died since the George Floyd incident of police like brutality, right? Um, in terms of this, I see where they're coming from with this. I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, I'm actually wow. going to... I don't agree with it. And I'm going to actually explain why in a second. I'm going to play one more video. Um, it's going to be my last one um, of the very beautiful Nia Long. Uh, she says something a little bit serious. Uh, she says something a little bit along the lines of this as well. I'm, I'm going to read it. That, um, there was a headline, right? Yeah. Where you said, I quote, black movies and black famous only hold us back. Yes. You want to clear that shit up? Because... <laughs> You know well, that's you, not written. You correctly. know how it goes, because you know they take one headline and turn yeah, yeah, into something. So read that again. Let me see that again. Uh, how much time turns, we got? Turns like good. black movies and black famous only hold us back. Okay, so what I mean I, I, by you know what ahead. I mean. I know, but go ahead. But but so for them, for the white people in the audience. <laughs> What I mean by that is if we continue to practice this idea of separatism, we continue to divide. And I will always and forever hold my fist up because I understand the experience. Mm -hmm. But I also believe that the more we understand about one another and the more accepting we are of one another, this thing called art should be representative of all of us. Okay. Cool? Yeah. All right, so here's kind of why... Here's, here's the part where I kind of disagree with him a little bit. Uh, so Aegis Elba and what, and what he said, right? Um, like, we are hyper-focused on racism. I would even take a step back and say we're hyper-focused on labels, right? Um... We, everyone wants to be included. Everyone, everyone wants to find themselves as a label. Um, the reason why I'm against the idea of, of, or even Morgan Freeman's idea of saying, oh, we just not talk about it, right? 
is that you're letting certain people off the hook, right? Uh, for not wanting to talk about, it. there are certain people that don't want to talk about race at all and are perfectly fine with the way society is now where black people are worth less, right? They don't have as much, we don't have as much uh, um, uh, generational wealth, right? We're incarcerated at higher rates, lack, lack of generational wealth, lack of income, right? Um, so if you wanted to say, oh, we just stopped talking about race, that doesn't solve the problem, right? We should be able to acknowledge, and these labels, black, they're, they're only saying it from their perspective um, as a black artist, right? But that label is black supersedes their art, right? I'm a black engineer, right, as well. Um, and sometimes it's a struggle, depending on the environment, to get people to take you seriously, right? Um, and us not just talking about it or just ignoring the fact that those labels or exist or saying, oh, just, let's, let's, not, let's not just call each other black or by their labels, right? Um, I get the point. I wish that was a case that we can we can do that. But you're also letting people off the hook in the sense that, okay, here's a scenario. Why aren't enough black people winning awards, right? Um, why aren't enough black people are on these panels to win awards, right? Why aren't there any black people on some of these CEO uh, on the boards on the board, right? Um, by not talking about it, you're letting people off the hook. Right. I think there is a group of people out there that would love not to talk about it and it's perfectly fine with the way things are now. And I don't let them off the hook. Uh, you only talk. Yeah, but I, I think that they were saying different things. though. Well, like I, I want to add too. it's like you fix a problem by addressing it constantly as uncomfortable as it is, as frustrating as it is sometimes. Sometimes you don't always have the words for it, too. Right. Uh, sometimes I'm not always in the mindset to try to address some problems, but you fix problems by trying to address it, right? And mm. by talking about it openly, you just can't just ignore it, right? Um, being black is hard <laughs> sometimes. It's sometimes <laughs> dangerous. Being black is hard and sometimes it's dangerous for you, right? But um, it's a label that we have to carry to improve perception, right? Perception matters, right? And... Um, to the people that want to ignore the fact that race is an issue, to the people that just want to use race to virtue signal, right? It's important that we fight those battles on multiple fronts. So those are my thoughts on it. It's a little bit different from Morgan Freeman, though I, Morgan Freeman and Ijezewa, um, though I respect them and love them to death and I get where they're coming from, it makes sense. Um, I, can't, I can't agree. Yeah, but, but what, you're, what you're saying though, I mean... I, people are going to know, if I'm an actor, people are going to know if I'm black, whether or not, regardless of if I say I'm a black actor or not. Mm -hmm. But I think that's, I don't have to label myself that for people to know that I'm black. Right. Mm -hmm. And so just because I say I want to be known as an actor, not just as a black actor, but as an actor, that's important because if, when when Neil Long was talking about like being black famous, even even Dave Chappelle had a skit about about that, right? Black famous yeah. and and just being famous. Oh no, it was it Kevin Hart? I think Kevin Hart in, the, in his little in his show with what was it? Real Husbands of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. He was having a debate with Chris Rock, and Chris Rock was like, "I'm famous. 
you're black famous. And they had this, this whole thing where he, Chris Rock could just like go up, go up in the store, try some shit on and like walk out. Whereas yeah. Kevin Hart would have to pay for it or whatever, right? But yeah. I mean, when you're when you think of Black Hollywood, like you think of like Morris Chestnut, Neil Long, there was like mm-hmm. a certain group of actors that you always thought of, and unfortunately, they were always cast like in the same types of movies. Like it's only certain yeah, types of movies movie. that they were casting, right? Mm-hmm. So it is a thing. Like I see, I see Idris Elba's point. It makes a, it makes sense. Like, hey, don't just don't just shoebox me in. Don't yeah. put me in this box of like I'm a black actor, so I can only be in black films. No. I'm an yeah. actor. I should be. I should be able to get any role, and that's. I agree with him like a hundred percent. I don't think oh. it denies you of your heritage at all because you're more than your profession, right? And so it, you're more than you know. Respecting your heritage is about how you carry yourself. So even if I don't want you to to just you know box me in as a black actor, I can still rep for the culture. I can still stand up and you know walk yeah. the walk and, and do all that stuff. You know what I mean? So. I'm, yeah. I'm for it, man. Yeah. No, I, I agree with what you're saying. My only difference is that um, where I disagree is that if we were to stop today and say, yeah, don't call me a black actor anymore, you already said, you said it initially, right? It's still in the mind. You don't need the label to for them to put you in a box, right? So I get what we're saying, but if they, even if they got rid of the term black actor... I can totally imagine. It's almost like saying um, we're getting rid of the label. We're not going to call it master bedroom anymore. We're just going to call it the big primary primary bedroom, right? Sure. That doesn't change the fact that generational wealth has like gotten away from black people or um, when a black couple, you've seen this a lot, right? Get their house appraised, right? It's usually lower if a white couple got their house appraised. We've seen yeah. a number of times where, where a black couple will have to get rid of all of their their paintings. Right, like a but the person, couple. but look, the, the person selling their house isn't saying black owned house, right? They're just saying they're selling true. their house. I get that. that I know that. Right? I know that. That's why I'm saying the label doesn't. You saying, oh, I'm not a black deck anymore. But still, it only puts a word into what people are already perceiving. Is what I'm saying, right? We already see you as a black actor. They're already putting you in the type in the, in the type box, on uh, the typecast in the in, in that box. If you got rid of the word black actor, right? They're still going to put it to you. They're still going to they're still going to put you in a box, right? They're sure. they'll still do it, right? Um, even if you I mean I think I mean what they're I think what they're talking about is kind of like it's it's wishful thinking too, right? You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's, it's it's you know if it is for him to say I that. Mean, I mean, that's nice. Uh, you know, hope one day that you don't have to be identified as a black actor, but you know, it's going to be like that for a while because we're still in that mindset of he's black, he's white, he's Asian, he's this, he's that. Yeah. We label it. I mean, that's as, as people, that's what we tend to do. We tend to classify yeah. everything. Right. We classify, we try to label. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I personally don't mind those labels so much if it doesn't, hamper us right but they do I think that's, that's that's the whole point oh i think they hamper us regardless of the label i honestly think they do i don't think you need a label to say i'm a black engineer right i mean i show up to work or show up on zoom they're going to see me as a black engineer that's the limiting factor not the label of saying black right 
Um, this is kind of what uh, Morgan Freeman says too. Kind of goes a little bit into what uh, we talked about earlier about the N word, right? One of our our friends. We were going to have that conversation. We never did. Where he thinks that it just gives people too much power, and we should allow anyone to say it or whatnot. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. I I I can't. I can't, I can't wait. I can't, I can't wait for that episode. I can't wait for that episode. We've one day we'll have one day we'll have that episode. But I think he kind of feels with what kind of Morgan Freeman and Idris Elba and Neil Long what they're trying to say as thespians, as actors and actresses in their field, right? Um, that like Neil Long has definitely been typecast <laughs> in her of course. Uh, in her in her role well she came up during the time of um i mean so i mean there's there's been different like phases of of film right like in the western you're in the superhero phase she came up during the rom-com time like the 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 90s when she came out a lot of romantic comedies came out so she was in and not that it was a romantic comedy i still love the movie though you know she was in love jones that's where i know her from the most you know fresh prince yeah you know what i mean somebody's love interest huh friday Friday, yeah, I mean, you know, that's where she came up as. So, you know, you, you come up, you know, in certain types of movies, but it's it's still not fair to have to remain to only be able to do those types of okay. movies, right? Yeah. Like it's 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 difficult for us to break out of that box. You know, if you look at somebody like Denzel Washington, right? He, you know, he's become like an icon. You know, Will Smith started off as Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but he's become an icon. Like it's, but yeah. it's it's very difficult for us to break out of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Are they still considered black actors now at this point, right? I would argue uh, not. I would argue not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, he was doing, you know, Denzel was in, you know, Spike Lee joints and, you know, and he now look at Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look at, uh, yeah. I mean, so it's hard for them to break out. So I'm, you know, like I said, I, I can understand what they're what they're trying to get at. Unfortunately, as soon as they send in their headshot for a potential role, I mean, the yeah, label is put on them yeah. anyway, then, regardless of <laughs> regardless of how that, they want to identify themselves. And that and that's and that's what they do. They they I don't think they need the label to put you in the box. That's my argument. <laughs> that I would agree with. Yeah, you know. I don't think they need the label to put you in a box. Um, I think we need to teach people to overcome the label and to think past the label. Right. Man, we're so far away from because, that, it's not even funny. Just because you're Asian doesn't necessarily mean you're good at math, right? That's a popular stereotype, right? Um, just because you're black doesn't necessarily mean you're great at basketball or can hold a rhythm, a rhythm, right? Another stereotype, right? So we need to be able to understand those stereotypes, the grand thing of those, the grand scheme of those things, and be able to think past it, right? Um, I also think those labels, like it's harder for, let's say someone who is black to kind of make it in some of these professions, right? Um, I talked oh, yeah. to this about my parents a while ago, right? Like they were really concerned about me and my younger brothers my, and my sisters because they don't know anybody when they came to this country, right? Um, and that we had to kind of go to school and kind of make it on our own. They didn't have, like nepotism is a thing, right? Absolutely. Um, and as a thing everywhere, we didn't have that, right? We had to be a true meritocracy. <laughs> like we have to tr- a true, like show our worth. And we had to do it while being black, right? Which is mm-hmm. its own kind of layer of things to kind of, to deal with. But yeah, 
No. Those are my two cents on that. <laughs> I don't know if you have any no. other two cents. No, it was good. That was good, man. And, and the one thing I want to say before we wrap up is uh, I would recommend take a look at The Woman King, the movie. I thought that was uh, that was actually pretty good. It's on Netflix now. Yeah, it's on Netflix. So, I check it out. I'm become a big Viola Davis fan for sure. Yeah, she's great. I love Viola Davis. Uh, we got to talk to DC uh, next time, Viola Davis. Uh Amanda Waller series. Amanda Waller series. Amanda She's Waller also series. playing Michael Jordan's mom in. Uh, oh, Air Jordan or Nike or something? What was the name of the movie? Some, yeah, oh. I forget. Some, something. It's the story of how Michael Jordan got his uh, shooting or whatever. I, I'm a little disappointed in that because it's like you made it's a, it's about Michael Jordan, but it's about white guys. <laughs> so I mean, the guy. Um, I'm not mad at it because I. You know, being like I said, I've been you know becoming a sneaker person. Oops. So, but um, there's a man named Sonny Vaccaro. I mean, he pretty much like kind of pioneered the giving these sneaker deals and in the sneaker part of the sneaker industry. So, I think uh, Matt Damon is is playing him. So, I I mean, it sounds like a pretty good premise for a movie, honestly. Yeah, it's. I'm actually interested to see. Um, it's called Air, right? I'm looking up right now. It's okay. It's called uh, Air. It's called Air. Uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck uh, is in it. Um, I think Viola Davis is like uh, George. Michael Jordan's mom. mom. Yep. Yeah, in it as well. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, coming out April fifth. So we yeah. have to check it out. We have to watch it, do a review, a full yeah. review. Okay, cool. Well, it's that time. Um, thank you guys so much for joining and watching. Much appreciated. I'm not, I didn't even check the chat, so I don't think we even had a lot of chat. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, no, much appreciated, guys. Uh, thank you guys for watching, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah. Peace. Later.